Hello, thanks so much for tuning in. I'm Anna Loder from readabook.com.au. I'm a lifelong reader and book lover and a long-time book club member. 15 years, I can't believe it. I've been a bookseller for 13 and now I'm a reviewer and blogger. This is a weekly podcast celebrating that love of books and reading. I'm so excited to be in your ears today. Before we get started, can I quickly pay my respects to the Darawal people of the Uyora Nation, the traditional custodians of the land on which I work, play, read and live on. Along with the traditional owners of the lands throughout Australia, I pay my respects to the elders past, present and emerging. Let's get started. This afternoon, I get to chat with my friend Sandy Jocker in relation to her new book, The Red Gum River Retreat. It's such a beautiful book. I had an early copy, so I could have smashed it out, but instead I took dainty little nibbles of it. I stretched it out so much until I just couldn't stretch it out anymore. I loved this novel. I love Sandy Docker's worlds that she creates. I love her small town, tight-knit communities that she just seems to be a master at. I love her characters. I love the heartfelt problems that her characters have. I love the constant different themes. You never feel like you're in the same book rewritten with the Sandy Docker novel. They're always completely different from one another and just completely lovely. I just am the biggest fan. (laughs) So I get to work alongside Sandy Docker in relation to the Northern Beaches Readers Festival. I love working with those girls. I love Sandy Docker. I just think she's such an inspiration. So I feel super lucky to be speaking with her this afternoon. I loved it and I cannot wait to talk to Sandy Docker about it today. Hello. Thank you so much for talking to me. This is so exciting. (laughs) Cannot appreciate it enough. Your books look so nice. You've got all five of them up there now. They look great. So Red Gum River, I absolutely loved it, as you know. I've never heard of the snapshots before, so that's in the 1945 timeline. Was it something that I had just missed out on? Is that a common known thing? No, it's not, and I didn't know about it either. I discovered that one night watching Antiques Roadshow on television. And a woman whatever castle they were at doing Antiques Roadshow, brought along a photo album of her grandmother's, I think it was, and she had photos from the snapshots from Home League in that. And I then went and looked it up because I'd never heard of it and I wondered what it was. And it was a program that was particularly big during World War One. And it's where soldiers would request photos from home for a bit of comfort. And then the local YMCA chapters would send out local photographers to take them and then send them back. And then it was resurrected again in World War II, but it wasn't quite as big during World War II. But yeah, I knew nothing about it until then. Wow, but surely we should have known. I mean, just in terms of, you know, Year 12 history, it's great primary sources, isn't it? They should be everywhere. Yeah, they should be. But what I'm discovering, because my second favourite genre to read is historical fiction, uh, and you just have to look at the sort of the last 12 months to two years of how many stories are coming out about World War II, about aspects that we haven't actually heard of before to know that there's an awful lot of gap in our knowledge there. Yes, we have heard the same stories over and over again, haven't we? There's a lot that have fallen through. Yeah, and I wonder if, and I'm going to get a bit feministic here, I wonder if it's because previously the stories have been told by the men and it's now women who are starting to tell those stories and they're the stories that we haven't heard before. Mm, Well, that's all you can assume. I mean, these snapshots are fantastic. If they really are as prevalent as what they are in the river gum, then I should have seen them before. I should We should know about them. There should be people out there who have taken the photos or at least to have gotten the photos and are holding them close as memories that they had through the war. It's crazy that it's fallen through. 
Yeah, Imperial War Museum in England has a fairly good collection, but the Australian War Memorial doesn't, which yeah. surprised me. Yeah. Oh, that's so crazy. Other thing that I really loved with the Red Gum River was the power of music. Are you musical yourself? I wish. No, <laughs> I'm the least musical person in the world. Oh, um, I'm right behind you. I'm not musical at all, but I, it certainly just gave me such an appreciation for it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I love music and I'll sing any chance I can get as long as I'm on my <laughs> sing own. Sing in the shower. <laughs> uh, yeah, and, you know, I mean, I'm so not musical that when my daughter was a child and you're supposed to sing to your children like in the bath and mm-hmm. stuff like that, she told me to stop. Uh, so that's how non-musical <laughs> I am. I've always wanted to learn play an instrument, but never really had the chance. But my daughter, the same daughter who told me to stop singing, is actually very musically inclined. She's quite a talented musician. So it kind of came from there, I guess. It's in our house a lot, music. Uh, The book is dedicated to your daughter, I know. So she's the musical one. And so did her experience as a musician inform a lot of what you're writing about here? Are you paying her royalties? (laughs) she wishes Um, (laughs) and she would certainly put her hand out if she hears you say that (laughs) I I did draw on her a lot for the musical knowledge that I have infused within the book and things like you know the naming of the different parts of the cello which you know I needed and the musical terminology uh, giving Melody who's the young child in the story her nickname Minim that came from Emily because I'm like what's a musical term that could be a cute nickname and so those sorts of things yeah definitely went through her to my novice ears it sounded so complete the knowledge that I found here it was yeah obviously not just a Wikipedia entry no 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 definitely asked her and yeah anything technical that came up if um, Sarah was playing an instrument or how a piece of music might be put together yeah that came from Emily Oh, well, no wonder she got the dedication then. That's so lovely. (laughs) You've got your own built-in buddy to be talking things through and to be sounding bored and everything. Yeah, she has consulted on every single one of my novels. So there's usually either a character or a place name that she has come up with that's in one of my novels. Yeah, like, oh, I've got a character and he's this age and he's like this and I need a name and she'll come up with it. But this is the one that she's had the most input into and the relationship between Sarah and Melody between mother and daughter is drawn a lot from our experience as mother and daughter right yeah it very much is about the mothers and daughters this is a generational story which was just so nice to read yeah really I loved like I love your dual timelines I love all of that but having the generations and seeing how one person's experiences impacts on the next coming generations and how Sarah is really a sandwich generation and she's right in amongst it all I just added a whole extra dimension I just I love your books but uh, this is my favorite (laughs) Yeah. yeah and I love that interplay of past and present this one probably more so than the others, but you, you've got no idea how much of an impact the past can have on the present. And I think that one's really highlighted in Red Gum River. Yes. Well, yes. And getting to see the houses as well that featured in Rosalie Childhood coming up for Melody in her healing. It was just lovely. Mm-hmm. Was so nice to see. I love walls can talk and all that type of thinking. So I think it was really nice to see. So how did you get the idea for the Red Gum River Retreat? The first spark for the novel was the, the snapshot. Yep. That was absolutely the first spark. The second spark was watching a couple of old buskers near my local Coles store. 
So there's a, a couple of men who are got to be in their 80s. I, I don't know for sure, but that's what I'm assuming. And every now and then they're up there busking with their banjo and their saxophone. Oh, and I love that. Yeah. yeah. And one day I was just watching them and I just stepped back and I went, there's got to be a story here that these two old fellas are, are busking at the local shops. And, and so then my, you know, writer brain just started ticking over. You know, are they brothers? Are they friends? Did they fight in the war? Did they love the same woman? Did it tick, 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 tick? <laughs> <laughs> so that was going through my head. Uh, yeah. And then the, the idea for the retreat came out of discussions with my publisher. We were trying to finalise the title and she really wanted some alliteration of the er, er, er. And I had to think of a place that started with er and I sort of threw it out her without any idea of how I was going to build a retreat into this novel. And she loved it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Red Gum River Retreat. That's it. And I went, oh, God, now I've got to write a retreat. Uh, and so I had, <laughs> had to fluff my way through that. And then, But once I'd hit on the idea of it being a music retreat mm-hmm. rather than like a wellness retreat, it sort of all came together from there. Oh, wow. I wondered about whether your titles, because they're all so alliterative and also so much fun. The stories have to be written about them, which they clearly do. They have to come first. Well, this is the only one where I've not really known what the place would be with all of the others, you know, the beach shack, the book club, the cafe, the yep. cottage. I knew those up front. This was the only one I haven't really known up front. So, yeah. Oh, wow. So was it very different to write then? Yeah, there was a fair bit of panic at the beginning because I didn't know (laughs) how I was going to do it. Uh, But, yeah, once I'd hit on a music retreat, uh, I thought, oh, that's interesting, and it hasn't been done before. No. Uh, And the music thread I knew was already strong. Yeah. Uh, you know, in Rosalie's life, in Melody and Sarah's life, in yeah. Albert and Edward's, our wartime brother's life, yes. I, it was already there. So once I figured out that we would have a, a music retreat and that music is such a wonderful tool for healing, mm-hmm. yeah, it all came together. And, yeah, it wasn't difficult at all. Oh, it's just it such a beautiful novel. Was photojournalism a big thing in the Second World War? Rosalie, you're a real pioneer for this. She's a pioneer in that women weren't big yes. in this area. So there were plenty of men working as photojournalists for Life magazine and those sorts of, and the newspapers as well during World War II, but females weren't that prevalent. And while the men were away, obviously females took up the jobs at home. So you were finding more photographers and journalists working in that area during World War II, but they were doing it on the home front. So they would be sent to do cover stories about what was happening with the soldiers that were at home. Anything that was happening actually at war and on the front was covered by the men. So that was her dream to serve, but she couldn't quite get there at that point in time. She does become a massive photojournalist Mm -hmm. a little Mm -hmm. bit later in her life. But there were one or two American women, and I mentioned one of them in the novel, that's kind of her hero, that were allowed to go into the war zones. But, yeah, it was a very, very strange thing for a woman to be doing that. Yeah, yeah, I just, I love that, Rosalie. I just, you could see how capable she was even in the pages without having seen any of the photos. But yeah, she was yeah. great. Really well done. Thank you so much for three generations of gorgeous role model. It was so good. Well, thank you. No. And I also really love like all of the characters, obviously. Rosalie, Sarah was just gorgeous. <laughs> Melody, I love her. Can we talk a little bit about the selective mutism that she had? So that's on page seven, I checked, yeah, because yeah, no spoilers. I'm sure that that is the, first, the earliest I have ever cried in a book ever. Oh, my goodness. You're going to go there, right? <laughs> Your books, I'm telling you, you sit down with a box of tissues so you don't expect to need them. 
right from the start but it does happen very early on and so it isn't a spoiler to say that there's a horrible accident yeah no it's yeah it's actually the prologue so that's not a spoiler for anyone (laughs) yeah so melody and sarah are involved in an accident we won't give any more details than that Mm -hmm. uh from that accident they're both carrying some physical scars and melody is so traumatized by the accident that she ends up with selective mutism and that is a situation where she physically has the ability to speak Mm. but she chooses not to because she has basically just completely shut down from this Mm. trauma and for her it's because it's related to the trauma and so she doesn't speak at all which was a a challenging thing to do to have a character that doesn't speak a complete complex person and yet she has no no so that was that was a real challenge to try to infuse her as a character with all the same things that the other characters have and interacting with the Mm. other characters she does interact she has to yes but to do it without any speech on her side yeah that was a real challenge to do so i'm I'm, thank you i'm glad it it came across as, as a fully formed character oh she certainly did you could just reach on in and hug her it was also really nice to see her, oh gosh, do we talk about it in the wheelchair? It's so nice to see. And that's not a spoiler because this happens in the first yeah. pages. So we, we know up front that, that she is physically affected. And that was deliberate. I didn't want, so when we were looking at healing Melody, I didn't want her to have to be healed from her physical trauma because I didn't want it to be seen as an issue. Yeah, that she is less than because of it. She's not yes. less than. It happens yeah. to be part of who she is, and she's living her best life with it. Yes, that is very well explained. Thank you very much, Sandy Dogger. It's so true. But just to see best lives in a wheelchair, we should all be seeing that every single day because absolutely, it happens every single day. So it was just so nice. Thank you. Thank you. And I tried to do that with, regardless of what the characters have faced, whether they've lost a partner or lost a child or have a physical impairment or whatever it is it's really important to know that because we've all got something that we're carrying you mm-hmm. know behind Absolutely. the scenes yes um, or possibly up front and yeah just to know that you know despite what life throws at us we can still have a wonderful life yes oh that is beautifully said yes and I think a real trait of all of your books that that's exactly what happens all through them yeah done yeah wonderful job The other thing that's all the way through is your small town communities. I just love them. I remember complimenting you probably every time I get to speak to you, but (laughs) your small towns, they're just so gorgeous. Yeah, I cheat a little bit with my small towns because they are fictional, so I can kind of make them as lovely as I want to make them. I probably idealise the small town experience a little bit in my novels, but I do that deliberately because I do always deal with some pretty heavy issues through my novels. And so I kind of use the fact that the towns that they're in are slightly idealistic to balance out the darker side of what's going on with the characters. But yeah, I I would be happy to live in just about any single one of those communities. Yeah, absolutely. Sign me up. (laughs) Apparently, whenever I read one of your books, I talk about doing a tree change with Dave. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, Dave. (laughs) (laughs) They're all so perfect. But you did grow up in Coffs Harbour, which I think is, well, it's a lot smaller than where you're living now. And so, yeah, is that why they feel so tangible? Or is that just a real testimony to the genius that is you? I'm never, ever going to claim to be a genius. <laughs> um, but yeah, so when I grew up in Coffs Harbour, there were only 25,000 people uh, in the whole area. So yeah. it was a much smaller place 
then than it is now and obviously much smaller than Sydney which is where I live now so yeah I think it is just you know growing up in a small town like that and always being in and around small towns you know traveling for sport to other small towns in the area and and those sorts of things yeah I just I've kind of cherry-picked the wonderful parts of that from my childhood to make these towns that I write about now Oh, so I won't move out there anytime soon then. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you could find an equivalent of Red Gum River somewhere. Oh, it's also beautifully described that I'm fully expecting to find the Red Gum River. <laughs> it's gorgeous. Was it based on a real place? No, it's not, no. I, all of my towns are fictional. Completely. And I do that, again, deliberately because yeah. even if you base it on a real town, people then expect you to get it absolutely correct in terms of you know the IGA is next to the bottle shop is next to the ice creamery and if you get that wrong <laughs> believe me someone will email in and oh wrong. wow so, yeah so this way I can't get it wrong because you can't prove me that it's that's not where things are so. <laughs> do you make up a map then because you I could picture the layout so beautifully yeah I certainly did for Red Gum River and that was partly because in one of the earlier drafts it really wasn't crystal clear Right. where things were in relation to each other. And my editor said, can you draw me a map of this? Uh, so I had to actually do that, you know, where the big tree is that features heavily yeah. in the story. Way that the tree. River was, so do I, which way the river was running and that sort of thing. So I did actually have to draw a map to try to figure out where exactly things were. Right. Oh, wow. Well, yeah, you did a beautiful job. I feel like I could draw that map. I think you explained (laughs) it all so well. I also really love the secondary characters in here. I know like we love Melody, love Sarah, love Rosalie, but also the cousin Ryan, the brothers, the, oh, just everybody. I think, just think that you do the characters so well. Will Ryan get a spin-off? Because I would love to hear more about him. (laughs) Uh, I want a Ryan in my life. I think we all need a Ryan. In our lives, he's just so, he's fun and carefree, but wise, and he's just such a caring, beautiful soul. I really love Ryan. I've got a very, very soft spot in my heart for cousin Ryan. Yeah, and the brothers, Edward and Albert, you know, I put them through a fair bit, but they're just both such gorgeous humans. Yeah, I tend to fall in love with my side characters. Yeah, Um, I feel like they're just as well-developed as your main characters. So they're not based on real people either. They're all just so delightful and you're so right. Gosh, you put those brothers through some hard stuff. Yeah, I do. I kind of can't help myself. (laughs) It's just what you come to expect sitting down with one of your novels now. (laughs) Yeah, I know, I know. But I always try to make the overall story an uplifting one, even though I do my characters through some some hell. And I, and I really do put Edward and Albert through the ringer. But yeah, hopefully there is that uplifting element to it as well. There absolutely is. I think that's what makes me line up and buy the new Santy Docker because even though you know you also need to buy the tissues <laughs> oh my goodness they are so uplifting they're just they're such lovely caring heartfelt heartwarming reads aren't they oh thank they you so much it means, it means a lot to me Anna <laughs> they're just so beautiful congratulations so are you going to be doing much of a tour um, I know that we're hoping to get you at Sutherland Library yeah so I've just come back from Queensland I was at a writers festival up there over the weekend William McInnes oh William McInnes I did ask my husband before I went up there, knowing that William McGuinness was also on the program, whether I would be allowed to run away with him. 
And my husband said no, which I was really disappointed about. <laughs> uh, so I settled for a hug and a photo instead. Makes sense. <laughs> yeah, that'll have to do. Um, but, yeah, that was fabulous. I'm up to the Central Coast next week. And then I've got a bit of a break until after the school holidays. And I'm actually heading into, we're just finalising the details now, which is why I haven't put it all up on my socials yet, but heading down into Victoria. Oh, wow. How exciting. Yeah. Oh, something different. That's so cool. You can do Sydney anytime, all the time. Yeah. Oh, that's so nice. Hopefully in the next week or so, I'll have all the events up properly on my website and on socials. And that reminded me to compliment you most gratefully on your social media. It's always so nice. I love seeing your stuff. Oh, thank you. It's not a natural home for me to be doing that and promoting myself and and all those sorts of things, but it is part of the job. And yeah, Mm. so I, I try to do the best I can and I'm not very strategic or disciplined about it you know I'll bombard you for a couple of weeks with you know a post every day and then you won't hear from me for another week and yeah there are plenty of authors that do it much better than I do but the thing that you have to try to remember is you can't do it the way other authors are doing it you know you've got to be true to yourself isn't that true for life well yeah yeah you've got to do it authentically you know there are things you know I couldn't post the funny videos uh, you know that go up on TikTok and yeah that's not <laughs> so, so I don't I don't do those. Yeah, other authors do those fantastically. So you've got to find what works for you and just yeah. stick true to that. Yeah, you have to be true to you. Yes, yes, that's so true. You do, you do. And will you zoom in for the wandering women, I hope? Yeah, yeah, if you want me to. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, thanks so much. I've already planned it all out. <laughs> we would love to. It's the most perfect book club book, isn't it? Just There's so much to talk about in there. Great book club book. And so the Northern Beaches is going ahead for next year and I'm very excited to be involved again. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we wouldn't do it without you, Anna. Yeah, the Northern Beaches Readers Festival. We'll have our second festival in 2024 and we're just now getting in the in planning mode for that. And, yeah, we're really looking forward to it. I know. Yeah, I think I've added like Brie onto my dream list. <laughs> Such a good opportunity yes. for me to get in and meet my favourite authors. That's and the right. Trivia, yeah. yeah. And the trivia night's in September. It's September, yeah. We yes. have to secure the venue a little bit later. So that the details of that will September come up. works perfectly. Yeah, again, yes, yeah. yeah, our socials cannot wait. Thank you. Okay, I am not going to take up any more of your time. Thank you <laughs> so much, Sandy Docker. What an honour. Thank you very much for being on the podcast again. Thank you for having me. Oh, get out of town. Okay, so that's it for this conversation. Thank you so much for joining me. Please leave a review wherever you can, but especially where you found my Readable podcast. If you'd like more connection, please head on over to thereadable.com.au. There's plenty of book reviews and recommendations there, and that's also where you'll find my blog. And I would love, love, love to welcome you into our community. There's a membership page on readable.com.au. There are three levels. The first is free, and I'm so hoping that you would like to help me build my online community where we can enjoy reading more together. Thank you.